When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host here with me today is my brother Jay who will be in every episode. I've made it back. I'm here again for yet another episode of Yield Pop. I appreciate you clearing your sketch, yeah. you know, making some time to, to come in. And You, you know, know, I was pretty busy today, but I was like, you know, maybe I'll pop in and do a quick pop. You yeah, know? I mean, how hard could it be? How you know, hard I got, could it be? I'm, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it. People are fairly used to me being on the show by now, I think. Right. I mean, so, they've, they've yeah. kind of grown accustomed to it. So <laughs> if anything, if you weren't here, it would be kind of odd. And It would, yeah. You know, it's, we've actually never even had, you know, like really like just a, like another guest or anything. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it'd just be like me by myself like running through my inner monologue which would probably be pretty intense you <coughs> man know. Yeah, well, yeah what would what would you get into on just a 50 minute <laughs> just just go okay there are occasions on the pop where i feel like one of us will get into like such a rhythm of like something that's been like on our mind that we we will begin talking and what the other person is predominantly doing is providing the obligatory like yeah no, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it does happen. Absolutely, <laughs> it does. And like, because sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, uh, like I'll be the one doing that, and like you'll you'll be like off on something, and I'll be like, man, like I don't think I'm contributing any information to this like particular episode. Like if you were to run back the talk time, it's going to be like Ben 80% J 20% or something. But then like the topic will like shift and it'll come over and I'll be like, I feel like I've been talking for like 15 minutes or something. And that's exactly yeah. what happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like you're, you're trying to do these like mental hand scales or whatever, but it, it is really funny. I mean, it reminds me of like time of possession in yeah. any type of like sporting mm-hmm. event where it's sort of like, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, the, the chiefs have had the ball for 80% of the game. And you're like, Whoa, that's, it's like the, the, offense is having to do like a lot more work today like i'm always curious like what it's like to be like on the on the defense of the team that the offense is doing a ton of work on yeah you know where it's like it's like you get to the end of the game it's like are you even sore right still? Yeah. or you did like 10 snaps so yeah pretty like, good. Not, really yeah. not that bad i mean awesome. kind of an easy sunday all things being equal right you this know. is that that is the kind of stat that um for like you would uh for the last couple of years the commander's head coach ron rivera like he's not anymore but um his strategy was definitely like win game by utilizing like time of possession sure so like and like there were some game like there was a good stretch of games where you could like really see it like sort of working sort of to the point where it'd be like boy the the commanders have held on to the ball for like yeah like 80 percent of the game like look at the possession time and then you'd also look at the score and they'd only be up by like three yes <laughs> you know? yeah it'd be like like possess the ball and maybe put points on the board like they're 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 you know? like opposing their opposing strategies really when it comes down to it because like <laughs> It, like obviously if your intent is just to score as fast as humanly possible then you don't have the ball for very long you right know? so yeah. like, then you keep turning it over to their offense to go in and, and do the next thing well, it's like ideally you you have the ball for like eight minutes and score and then your opponent gets the ball 
and they don't score and they give the ball back to you and you do the same thing. So now you've taken up a ton of time and they haven't scored at all and you've scored twice. Like you can see how it like should work. Yes. yes, like, yes. Your defense is so well rested like they're not having to do anything, uh, but that that often was not the case. So anyway, yeah, yeah, no, it's it is interesting. I think less in <clears throat> in terms of getting like super into the nitty gritty details and more in terms of like demonstrating how the the sport itself of football can be more of a chess match where like your like your individual players all have energy reserves that they're capable of of dealing with and yeah. so it's like everything is this kind of like chess match based on what kind of strategy you intend to implement but if you're not aware that different strategies are being implemented and all you're ever seeing is just a whole bunch of people colliding with each other at speed right it's like i think that's when the sport gets sort of like diluted into like a barbarians game of like <laughs> like what's even the, okay so here actually i would love to hear your take on this because okay. i feel like you'll have you'll be pretty impartial on it but it's sort of like it, it, it was like an interesting question of um like ethics versus like uh, like optimizing gameplay okay i'm, I'm okay. already curious okay so yeah, this is me. this is a uh a pokemon trading card game related question okay or at least so this is where the scenario cropped up so we're staying inside of impact <clears throat> sports yeah exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly okay so <clears throat> this was there was this trend that was starting to occur with um a particular player in the like, in like the highest level of Pokemon TCG, okay, which is like you know so, someone who you could basically expect to be in the top eight every time. His name is uh, Tord Reklev. He's like considered the best in the world, okay, and so like he he's he's won a ton of stuff, and he's like always always in it to win it. You yes. know, yeah. So the way a uh, a round of Pokemon works at like one of these big tournaments is that you have fifty minutes to complete a best of three. Okay, so you have to win twice, or in the event that uh, the 50 minutes runs out and you've each won a match, so it's like one and one. Yes. Then there will be like this zero, one, two, three rule that goes down where, um, you know, like, okay, your turn zero, that person gets a turn, you get a turn, they get a turn. And if the game hasn't been decided at the end of that, it's a draw. Okay. But that's sort of how it's like, okay, that's like the overtime allotted. Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. That but makes sense. Supposing you get to the end of the round and so far you've only completed one match. So it's like maybe I've won and we're in the middle of just game two. That hasn't been completed yet. Okay. So if that happens and we go to time and we do zero, one, two, three, like we finish out the turns and still nobody has won, then I will win that match because I won a match and no one won the second match. Okay. Right? Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Okay, yep. It makes sense. So, so in you, the best of three, then it's like I won one, you won zero. I win the I win the whole match now. So in in the most <laughs> ideal sense, so it's a fifty minute allocation. Yes. Okay. So what what does that even math to divided by it's three? It's about That's, fifteen minutes per round. Because so ideally each game should take about fifteen minutes, and then there's like an extra five minutes to account for like shuffling the cards and resetting the game and stuff like that. And and I assume um uh, a, a a handshake of sorts of to, course to, yeah. to mark to mark the you know this this is this is all in, in good fun right yes we're but all so, good sportsmen here right so those are the rules okay. The, the, okay. that's those, that's how the tournament sets it up these are the rules of the game you have 50 minutes to complete it and that's it like that's that's the way the the sport is constructed okay yeah, yeah, yeah right? I'm following. okay so 
Where's the ethical dilemma? Exactly. So what Tord was basically doing was, uh, or accused of doing, I should say, okay. is going into round one and playing a deck where there's like a ton of decisions to be made. So like every time you do like an interaction, you know, shuffle the deck a little bit, runs time off the clock. Sure. So yeah. tr- he would basically try to win game one in about 30 minutes. Okay. Okay, so that he goes into game two and doesn't and then we'll just run the clock out because his deck has so many decisions to make. Okay, so it's like I'm not really trying to win game two. I'm just trying to make sure you don't win game two and that way I will win the whole round because I won game one. Okay, so that that is sort of what was happening. There was like a ton of examples where you could see it was just like no one in their right mind would choose this line of play because it doesn't advance your board state. Like clearly all you're doing is creating a situation where your opponent like can't win because there's just not enough time. And then it's like your turn. You play a single card that requires you to search the deck, pull a card out, shuffle it in, make this decision. You play another card like rinse, repeat, you know, it's like, and there's like rate of play rules. Like you're supposed to go fast, but like even going at like a regular standard rate of play, you know, there's just so many times you might want to like search the deck or shuffle that you can really run the clock out. Yeah, I'm I'm following sort of like what's going on here because I think in a lot of ways, like whenever like I I always have such like a removed kind of sense of strategy when it comes to um like talking to you about Pokemon gameplay right. and like what I think like would be like smart or helpful or wise or like like sometimes I'll I'll come in and I'll ask you questions based on like, you know, like it when you're going into a game are you ever like creating a deck that's highly reactionary so that you have like a lot of equipment based on like whatever somebody might throw at you or are you running the the kind of deck that has like a singular focus and you stay in your lane and you do what you are intended to do the whole time regardless of what they're doing that way you can put all of your energy into just implementing your key objective right whatever they're doing is just secondary and you just have to like you know they'll either outplay you or they won't right um and so like a lot of times I'll come in with like questions like that, but I feel like what I've, I've started to pick up on a little bit about the way the game works is that it's, it is kind of similar to like how baseball tends to be, t- tends to work. Like the best hitter in baseball might have a batting average and like, like, you know, like point three, three, three or something, meaning like one third of the time they will strike the ball. Right. And, and this is me. Anybody who knows baseball is probably like, wow, Ben, you just completely like d- destroyed that description. But baseball, they play, over 160 games per season there are you know nine innings per game meaning there's like a lot of time for statistics to compound and and sort of like use yeah. those numbers to be like you know th- but what's so crazy to me about that is that means like the best batter in the league is still only hitting the ball a third of the time right you know versus um, like a, like a scenario where you might think like, oh my gosh, like they're like the best batter. He, he goes up and he, he'll hit it every single time. He's at bad. It's like that. That's just not how it works. Right. You know, it's a numbers game. So over a long enough period of time, you have to be good enough for so long. And then those numbers will speak volumes over the course of the entire season. So the same thing seems to be true with Pokemon where like you will design a deck that might like, you know, you can, you can play test it and play test it and play test it against a whole bunch of different things. You're like, I can win, you know, 67% of the time right. against the current meta, which would be like all the other various decks, decks yeah. that happen to be out there. So I can imagine a world. Um, how do you say this, this guy's name? Tord, just T-O-R-D. Tord. Okay. Yeah. I can imagine a, a world where Tord is playtesting and what he has figured out is sort of like a reasonable amount of time for me to shuffle this deck 
inside of each game, it, it will take me, we'll call it like 13 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to have to do it, you know, let's say like, like five times, right? which means that you can do 13 seconds times five times. And it's like that adds up to this much. And then on these other occasions, I will need to roll the dice and rolling the dice will take me, you know, right. 21 seconds. And you start to, you start to a la carte, your deck in such a way that you're like, I know how much time it will take me to win Mm -hmm. and it will take so long that all I need to do is be that first round and win once. And And it's like, and the thing is, and it's like that, that what makes this work, especially for him is that like, first of all, you have to be good enough to win that first round. Yes. You know, most of the time, which like that much is like almost guaranteed, but it's almost like he's like, I'm pretty sure I can win round one most of the time. Sure. Like I'm good enough to do that, but why risk it for round two? You know? Yes. You know, like why not just take the dub after one? And the other thing is like, should he lose round one? Like you can look up toward playing with, you know, two minutes left on the clock. Like he can move. He can do it as fast as anyone, you know? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Like it's like if I lose round one, also not the end of the world can absolutely fly through games two and three and make the comeback if he needs to. So, yeah. And so, I mean, it it seems like there's, there's no two ways about it. Like this is, this is clearly somebody who is like, like believing or seizing the sentiment of like the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's exactly what it is. Yes. it, It is absolutely worth like knowing I have the one win and then why chance, anything else in in favor of losing right but But then if i do lose on the first one then game freaking on because i'm the best in the world and let's go yeah like like well now i gotta play right you gotta but it's like yeah it's like you know but he can it's that's sort of the thing it's like walk the walk but it's like so and there are certain decks which you would call like a control deck we're like this is their whole goal let's just stall out like their whole game plan is and everyone would like know this going in is like take forever in game one which you eventually win and then too late you can't win because there's not enough time left on the clock and like first like no one would ever fault that because it's sort of like well that's the play style of that that's the point of it yes but like this which i i hate playing control players i think they are just rude mean people but (laughs) (laughs) i mean why but like the point is like is is he actually breaking the rules in this scenario because these are the rules of the tournament that you have 50 minutes to do the thing and so like are you is it breaking the rules is it against the spirit of the game or are you just like optimizing based on what the rule book says you're allowed to do because like i th- sometimes i'll think about it like in football like if you're watching a football game and you're you know you're winning by three points but you get the ball back and you have the opportunity to run the clock out like everyone in the world would like scream and yell and boo. you would get fired if you didn't run the clock out oh absolutely you know? yes. like there's yep. no situation where anyone would be like you know what it's against the spirit of the game to run the clock out like absolutely you keep playing you try and score again like of course you do and it's like no, like no one no one would agree with that sentiment uh, yes no no, no. You, know? <laughs> you, you take the win when you can get the win exactly because, because there's that and it's I, I mean it's it's tricky to say because i think the thing that might be unique and, and this is all i can say basically is is ask you a question you can you can let me know whether or not there's more or less of this happening but like it sounds to me like he is uniquely good at executing this particular style of gameplay i think i he, he is, I would say, uniquely good at it, but also, it's not that I think other people wouldn't. I think it's that the general community otherwise seems to consider this against the spirit of the game. Oh, I see like, what you're saying. Like, because okay. then at the end of the day, it's not who played Pokemon best, it's who played the rules the best, but then it's like it goes back to it. It's like, 
But those are the rules, and what he did was win a game of Pokemon, you know? Right, So it's right. like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I, it's, it's, it's such an interesting question, too, because he's not doing anything illegal, you know? Right, right, right. No, 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 yeah. And, and I mean, the, the, the real question becomes, I guess, like, how dominant does it end up being to the point where um like if it becomes such commanding dominance like that probably also starts to be become a question because it because i think that it's it's such a distinct advantage um that that it does start to uh deteriorate the spirit of the game a little bit and what i think is more likely the case with that is that whoever is the best at the sport is probably also dictating in a lot of ways, the, the surrounding meta. That's true. And so what ends up happening is that like, I mean, all all it takes is enough people. And I mean, this is, this is the flaw of like competition in business. A lot of times is that sort of, it's like, it's the question of like, well, if I don't do this thing, then somebody else will. And then they'll play me out of, you know, out of the industry. Right. And then that becomes, then it becomes like a least common denominator of like, who's willing to cut the most corners in, in order to achieve the victory. Right. You know, and, and, and balance it or whatever. Um, you know, like I think this, I don't know if this is a good comparison or not. I have heard before that like New York law firms, for example, all agree that their um, starting associate rate for lawyers out of law school, they all agree on like a starting rate so that they don't end up competing themselves to death in terms of, of offering bigger signing bonuses or bigger salaries mm. or whatever. It's like, it's like it would end up damaging the whole well, and, and I mean, I, I actually don't know this from the perspective of the lawyers entering the field or not. They, they may hate this, but um, I suspect that what it does is it's like that way, like your reputation has to precede you. People have like the best talent has to want to come to your firm on the basis of whatever fits that particular person the best. Right. You know, but if everybody has the same starting salary, then it's like, then it just comes down to what is your trajectory inside of this particular company? Right. And like, you know, is, is there a vertical? Is there a way to grow? Is there whatever? But so that's, that's the question because I think if Tord is so good and he starts winning in such a dominant fashion that everybody starts to play this particular style of game, then I think what's going to end up happening is that a lot of people will stop having fun playing the game. Right. Because, because you have lost the spirit of it That's, in, the, in yeah, the process. Right. And then if you if like, cause worst case scenario is someone is so good that people are leaving the sport. Right. That's what you really have to avoid. Right. But like my argument might be something along the lines of like, if, if you go back to like the nineties, um, us women's soccer team, uh, like, you know, there was like Mia ham and like that squad that yeah. like, went and like won the world cup and everything. It's like having that figurehead, having those players, having these like icons attached to it inspired people to go and be a part of that sport. Yeah. And the end result was, was witnessing like little girls who would go on to play the game and then play it better and then play it better. And then you have a, 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 a totally dominant, right. Like yeah. women's national team, which is with like what the U S has put forth for, for most of the past couple of decades. Right. Um, and so, but, but that's a, that's a positive example of, of the people at the top encouraging, people to come in and, and contribute and make right. the sport more robust. Yeah. Um, my, so, th- so my underlying argument is, does this style of play inspire such people attempting to replicate the style of play that it, that it does end up damaging the spirit of the game. And, and that is where I think it's like, as a leader in a sport, you shoulder responsibility that other players also don't have, mm-hmm. um, which is, which is a, which is a burden obviously, but I know. It, yeah. But, it's like, 
because like that's the other thing. Like if, if I just went in there and like, you know, pulled this off and did the same thing, like would people wouldn't rail on me in the same way at all? No. Yeah, of course yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, if you were if you were to go and emerge, then you, it's like it's like, hey, th- this guy won this tournament one time because he played it super well and like that's it. But then we never heard from him again. Right. You know, like that was it. Um. So, yeah, no, I think. I, I mean, it takes time. It would take study. It would take it would it would take numbers to to determine what my my actual answer would be. But what it would ultimately boil down to is because uh, okay. So to flip it on its end a little bit, um, the Tour de France for a long time. We grew up watching the Tour de France, and yeah. this was something that was so much fun. Like it was like what our family like would do in the month of July. Yep. You know, it was sort of like we were just like all so invested, and it was this like really cool thing like where any given day you know you were you were following this this plot line or whatever but for i think a full decade's worth of time including uh lance armstrong's wins i think there were like 10 years straight the the top person's title was was stripped stripped yeah so there's just no winner for 10 years right and and a lot of this is coming down in the sport of cycling to what's called blood doping which to be honest with you i don't know nearly enough about to speak on as an authority um but the thing was is sort of like if every single person who's ever won this race is doing this thing and if we just keep taking titles from it and it's the only way that anybody is going to be able to emerge and win it's like 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 i don't know how to process that because i'm like y'all you you can't have a decade worth of winners not have titles because then who wants to win anymore right because the only way you can win is by doing it and then if you do do it you're gonna have your title ripped and it's like you know i'm like i I, but and that's the thing where it's like i don't know i don't know what blood doping does to the physical human beings who are doing it and like what type of toll it might be taking on them or their health or something because obviously you can't allow for something that's going to decrease somebody's like ability to live a healthy right, like existence. If it's, yeah, if it's, if it's not a safe practice, you can't like encourage people to do it precisely. But it's like, it's like they're, they clearly were not very good at like enforcing any kind of regulation. There was like random, like, blood tests or things that would happen yeah which would yeah. like randomly catch me and i guess they were random because it was never felt like really targeted or anything but like people would get like sort of caught with it but it'd be like why can't you just like make everyone do it yeah that's, you know? that's a thing yeah yeah <laughs> like, it's like it needs if you're to in be. the sport like either make everyone pass the test or like or say it's okay and now you have to do it this specific way and like i get you're right i don't know about, i don't know what the dangers are of doing it but like Either, either say like you can't like we have to test everyone or like regulate it to a point where like you're comfortable with people doing it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, and, and, and that's like you know we we won't pretend to be experts because yeah. we're sim- we're just no, simply no more not. just guys on chairs. Uh, yeah, twenty yeah. years later, right? So whatever. Um, but but I think I. The example is is just an, an attempt to prove the point, which is that also I think that probably for me a little bit like I, I ended up sort of like losing a little bit of interest in the sport as time had gone on um, because it seemed like basically anybody who ever made them made a name for themselves in like as like an icon of the sport ended up basically being like thrashed for this exact thing and and again maybe rightly so but the the point is is that like the whole sport is just suffering as a result of it it's kind of like what do we do you know um and so that would be my answer would be whether or not it detracts from people coming into and engaging with the activity and if it does do that then i think you just have to shift the rules so that it can't 
it can't yeah, be done. That almost seems like a thing. It, need, it almost feels like there needs to be some sort of like rule shift for more more time. Or I, I, I don't know what the solution is myself. That's not for me to figure out. Yeah. But in the meantime, it's just yeah. It's like is is he doing something wrong or is he just playing the clock and that's part of the sport? Right. So right. Yeah. Yes. Yep. That's a good. That's a good question. So anyway, if you guys have any thoughts, be sure to email us at popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Yeah. Transition. Transition. <laughs> Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10 percent off your first purchase by going to arena club.com slash pop pop which wow that is a crazy offer 10 percent off a 400 slab pack that's like 40 dollars right there anyway that's arena club.com slash pop pop for 10 percent off your first purchase Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so similarly speaking, um, so I have I have a curiosity or a question um, because we do movie reviews on Super Carlin Brothers. We do, um, and it's it's sort of interesting because neither of us are experts in the field of cinema at all. Not yeah, um, not yeah, yeah. We didn't like go to you know cinematography school or anything like that. Yes, we did. We didn't go to film school. Um, you know, we're we're not like like our educations are not tied to this particular thing um we have we've not like directed independent films participated in independent films like that that like we don't have that kind of backing what we do have is sort of like this lifelong experience of finding things that we are able to then connect with um as like you know it's like ways to connect with other people out in the world yeah and and i think a lot of like the underlying objective of like what we do on super carlin brothers is is to like build bridges in as many different directions as humanly possible so that people can all come together in their enjoyment of these specific things right and so i feel like there's there's that aspect of it and then the other is that like we spend a lot of time digging into like in universe sort of like rules attached to like how like if if we're going to create magical object a and magical object a has certain powers and limitations and it's like we want to take those those rules and apply it to like every circumstance that we're able to find and make sure that like it all holds up in a way that like doesn't end up feeling like conflicting or something like that so like that's a huge part of like the theory writing type stuff that we're that we're always doing as well yeah we're very like lore based people exactly yeah yeah yeah. so it's like it when whenever we're coming into um a film review it's whether, whether it's like consciously or more subconsciously it's like to me in my mind uh, looking back on all of them, that's basically what I what I'm attempting to bring to the table. It's like I, I can't tell you, you know, based on the aspect ratio that they were shooting in, that they were attempting to, you know, um, yeah, ca- like, yeah, like demonstrate an homage to 1970s style of film shooting, which is reflected in the actor and the costume designing and the the story they're telling at this beat and whatever yeah. right but but like it's not to say that those things aren't they that, aren't at play it's not to say yeah. that those things aren't at play but you have to be an expert in so many different fields inside of the world of cinema um to where you're providing insight on what is otherwise a highly subjective field in terms of general enjoyment of something because that's that's like sort of the classic case where it's like you could you could go and watch like um a highly entertaining movie. I'll use an example just as like a, like a bad movie that I like. It's called never back down. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's, it's basically fast and the furious Tokyo drift, but like high school fighting. <laughs> um, I, I don't really know <laughs> some sort of uh, sanctioned MMA high school league in Florida. Possibly. Think, yeah, California, uh, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Re- the location doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, th- this is not like something where like I got into like a bunch of high school fights. I don't think I've ever been in a fight in my life. 
life other than when we were kids and we would be in the living room and be like, hey, like, like as a form of activity, like, would you like to fight now? For yeah. Do like, you just want to fight? Like for fun? Yeah. Um, and, at which case we would usually fight until somebody hit their head on the, uh, on the coffee the, table or yeah. the vacuum cleaner. Or the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. yeah. Always present. The Always, vacuum cleaner. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, it was and, and rather, um, rather immobile in terms of like, like when, when you hit it, it hit you rather than it moved anywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, it sort of <laughs> had like a precarious uh, center of balance. Yes. You know, yeah. Center of gravity. If you hit it, it was going to fall. And no matter where you were, it was going to fall on you even though you think you hit it that way it fell that way wrong yeah you hit it that way it fell backwards at you because gravity didn't apply to this vacuum cleaner although now that i think about it i'm like maybe mom was onto something with just having the vacuum cleaner out because i feel like i could probably vacuum my floors like every single day and yeah. part of it it's like oh, i gotta go get the vacuum cleaner out like oh man <sighs> well, maybe we just leave it plugged in just like oh here we go again <laughs> time to go for it time to go for yeah. it i know that's true i do vacuum every single day so yeah. it's yeah. i mean when you have dogs it's a completely different story i guess so Anyway, back to Never Back Down. Um, it's a movie that is not highly uh, critically acclaimed. Let me see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Can a you get the Rotten Tomatoes? Let's do it right here, right now in live action form. So we're going to do Never Back Down, Rotten Tomatoes. Apologies while I look. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Never Back Down has a tomato score of 21% and oh, an audience score of 34%, which Dang. is also extremely low. Just, just um, it's not even like, wow, critics don't like it, but audiences had a good time. Yeah, no, it's not like that. <laughs> it's and basically yeah. just like, no one likes this except Ben. Except for me. Um, there's actually except for me. Except for me. You know, there's actually a guy in it. He goes by the name of Cam Gigadent. Um, that's, that's the actor. He doesn't go by that. That's his oh, name. Yeah. Oh, so like um, his character's name is Cam Gigadent or that's the actor's name? That's the actor's name. That's, um, I mean, it sounds like a great, like, it sounds like a transformer, like Gigadent. Gigadent, yeah. yeah. Um, I went on a, uh, uh, <laughs> I went to a bachelor party one time where for what Whatever reason they decided, which I do not think I look like this guy, but they decided that I did, and they introduced me as this guy every single place we went. And I was just oh, like, "Oh, you're Cam Gigadent, yeah, from that were, guy." Yeah, they were like, "You know the movie Never Back Down?" They were like, "No," and it's like, "Well, this is Cam Gigadent." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the movie is is not good based on both audience score and um, critic score. But when I watch it, I, I like I I still feel like I could go on like like you know punch a hurricane in the face afterwards right, yeah. or something you know i'm like down. like let's go i know you're um, like i want to go do some push-ups i know and it's like <laughs> but yeah exactly it's like yeah never give up never back down this is the moment um but so the, the point is is that it's like look when i watch the movie i even have like a like i would what i would describe as like a physiological reaction to it like i get actively pumped up yeah over this type of movie but it's it's basically like like rocky you know it's it like i mean right no i mean okay, okay. careful let me, let me not, let me not compare them from a quality standpoint, but like uh, I also like the movie Cinderella Man. I think I just like movies uh, that have to do with like like you got some like, inner rage, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, maybe maybe you know, I, you know right? there, there's a part of me that's like if there was a good boxing gym in Roanoke, like maybe maybe I'll just go for it. There you know? I, there is a scene in the movie you're talking about, Never Back Down. It's like the training montage yeah. where part of the training is him. It is him doing push-ups in his room, and you know keeps cutting away to him doing other things and training in different ways. But like I think he starts just doing regular push-ups, and then he's doing like 
um, you know, uh, like clap ups, like, or something. like clap ups. And by the end, he's got like a kid on his back and there not only is he getting stronger, but he's bonding with this kid and yeah, his little it's, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to be like the push ups in particular seem like, you know, by the by the start of the song, boy, he was just doing regular things. But by the end, it's not look at this. He's doing push ups with a kid on his back. He's basically unstoppable. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, childhood dreams, right? Yeah. Um, but the the thing is, though, is that everyone like, needs to go watch. Is it a bit? Where can you stream it? Oh, goodness where can you stream it? Okay, hang on. Let's see. Let's see if it shows up. Um, where can we watch? This is going to be one of those movies where it's like unstreamable. It's on Pluto TV with a premium subscription. I know. Yeah. Nobody, nobody go and do that just for the sake of it. Um, it looks like Netflix. Just what? with a subscription. It's just on Netflix. It looks like, and then Stan. I've never heard of Stan. Why isn't before. it constantly being advertised to me on the front page? You know? I don't know. But would you like there. to hear the description from the Netflix uh, login? Oh, oh, actually, hang on. Let's see if I can. It yeah. says, when a quick-tempered teen moves to a new town and faces the challenges of attending a new high school, he seeks solace, solace in an underground fight club. Wow. Um, yeah. It's it's also not as good as the movie oh Fight Club. Oh, my gosh. Club. There's never back down to the beatdown. No way. Same cast? I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting. Is Cam Gigadin still in it? Wait, wait. You know, I'm... You know, here's the thing, Ben. I'm looking at for Never Back Down. I'm only seeing Never Back Down 2. Oh, I'm not seeing Never Back Down 1. On Netflix? On Netflix. Oh, that's so strange. Maybe you need to use like a VPN or something to uh, to access it from a this specific... Is, this is always how it goes. Like, I I swear, anytime there's like a movie I actually want to watch, I will look it up and be like, oh, yeah. And it'll like, despite there being a thousand streaming services out there, it will only be available on like the weirdest one you've ever heard of. Yes. It's like, why isn't this movie that no one likes available to watch like as just part of the back catalog? Yes. Yeah, only it's only never back down to one here. That is unbelievable. Why is just the second one? I have no idea. For it's a like, sec- like why, I literally how are you supposed to watch the, the, I, the second one without when the you first said one it was on context. Netflix. I was like, that's on un- what really like I'm actually you can actually just look it up and watch it. And it's like, no, of course not. Actually, I'm glad we double checked it because this is I know we were about to send a whole bunch of, of people things. on a fool's errand. They were like, well, I can't wait to see this movie that apparently makes Ben so excited. Um, and I'll eventually even get to my point attached to it. I know, as, yeah, as now like we're a, just talking like a, about it like a fun part of the conversation. Um, but yeah, so never back down though clearly just like i mean and and there's no part of me that like watches this movie and actually thinks that like the acting is like you know next level or anything like that like i'm yeah. like i i'm not i'm not, You're not like, like wow that was cinema yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly but the thing is is when it comes to film critics like there is it's it's interesting to me how any movie reviewer is able to go into a brand new movie and and it's like it seems like so often movie reviewers have their reviews out within 24 hours of release and so i might be assuming that they've only watched it one time but i think we can safely assume that they probably haven't watched it more than let's say three times sure um and so the the question in my mind is like what are these movie reviewers like so good at like what experiences do they have that they are bringing to the table and like, what are they looking for inside of the film? Because it's like, is it is, like, is it how it's technically put together? Is it how like the cameras are put in place? Is it sheer entertainment? Is it plot holes? Is it like, you know, like uh, this is an accurate representation of this particular time period because I personally lived through that time period because it seems like you could have only lived through so many time periods. So mm-hmm. then your experiences are only applicable to rather specific 
you know right. genres right. of film is it, it right like does it you know does it get its message across really clearly even if like the cinematography was like kind of so so or it's like the point of this movie is clearly to have done this and it does that well even if like otherwise the story doesn't make sense or yeah you know. yeah yeah and and so that's because that's the thing is that like for me a lot of times like a good piece of media like even even like name of the wind which i mean you, if you've listened to the show you've heard us got like gush about for for years now um it's like i would say my least favorite reading through was my first one like, right sure and, and i mean and like that's to say i immediately read the whole thing again and, and then again, and then again, and it's like, what, what has happened for me is that the more time that I have spent with this particular, you know, like piece of media, the more I've like come to, uh, like understand and appreciate the way that like the author writes and what type of things that like he is clearly using like in so many different instances as a way to like set up future plot points and to like hide little like, oh, nuggets for the like, reader and stuff is, oh, like my gosh not to get too deep into name of the winds which always we, happens we, we have to be so careful I yeah, yeah we don't this is to... okay this was like um once upon a time we were this, this i'll tie it back to movie reviews once upon a time we did a movie review of the super mario brothers movie which came out last year yes right and i think at the at the front of that one my one of the things I said was like every time I talk to someone like all that can bring up is like oh the voices and I was like okay like here's the rule like you like if we're going to talk about the Super Mario Bros movie like take like just take that away like that you're not allowed that complaint now what do you think of the movie or right and it was like like this is this happens in and, and like it is so funny. It's like everyone everyone has that. Like that's like their crutch review, and it's like okay, but like forget that. That's 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 not helpful. That doesn't let us talk about the movie. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, like, the, move it. Yeah. Like anytime you try and talk to Name of the Wind about anyone, like my rule is like you cannot talk about the fact that the third book hasn't come out yet. Right. Like that's not helpful. I want to talk about the book. I want to talk about the stories in the book and what's going to happen. Not about Patrick Rothfuss. Not about the twelve year gap. I don't care about it right like, that's right. not that that has that has no bearing on my enjoyment of the books like you're not allowed to talk about that now what do you think of the books you yes know? Yeah, like, yeah yeah right right anyway go ahead <laughs> no no it's totally fine but it, and so the 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 thing in my mind too like so or you could you could jump to um i think there's an episode of how much mother i'm totally gonna like step in it for not knowing the specifics as i'm trying <clears> to use it as an example is there not an episode of how much mother where there's a countdown that is happening in the background of every scene there is it yes the the episode throughout the episode so um, somewhere like in each scene, like a number will be featured. And if you're like paying attention throughout the episode, it keeps counting down closer and closer to zero. And like none of the characters draw attention to it. It's just something you can notice happening. Yes. And yeah. so this this would be like sort of the, the the question that I could like I could like lay out there again is that like if you're a film reviewer, there could be details that are incorporated into every single story where there's like where there is like earnest effort being made in order to do something that is very cool that like might take more time to fully appreciate than on your very first pass right because you might not notice that they've done this on the very first pass but then like once you do it's like whoa that was a really cool thing that they incorporated right or, um right now like Addie just hit like her like Encanto phase so we've mm -hmm. been watching Encanto like on repeat and you know I mean th this is not really like that crazy of an easter egg but like in we when we don't talk about Bruno uh is playing there's like the little scene where you can see like Bruno like you know dancing to the song in the background in like the background. up on the balcony or whatever yeah. it's like these are these are like fun things that people have like taken the time to like incorporate into the media that I don't think are necessarily appreciated on, 
your your like your first, second, or even third passes through the film. And so my question is, is that are movie reviewers just so well like educated in the world of cinema and film that like when they're going into it, their brains are seeing so much more than what the everyday average viewer might be seeing. Like they are seeing all of it all at once. And and like, these are details they're picking up on. They're following the Easter eggs. They know the underlying intent of this studio. They know the running gags of the studio. They know like, they're, and they're taking all of it in all at once on this first, second, third pass or whatever. And they're, they're, they're including all of this inside of like what ends up being the ultimate review. Because like for, for me, the only thing that I would say I have enough expertise on to like where I could go and like judge something with any amount of basis whatsoever Mm -hmm. is probably with aquariums Mm -hmm. because I've probably done like just about one of every single kind of aquarium that there is. I have like spent a huge amount of time in this industry. I have spent time around like professionals. I have been on like very high scale things like, like, seeing the best of the best do the job as well as it can be done. Mm-hmm. And so like what's interesting to me about it is like if you were to look at a saltwater aquarium, there are certain kinds of corals that I think are most likely to appeal to the masses, you know, and right. and these are it's it's like with within the realm of corals, these are going to be like what I would call soft corals. They typically don't have like a calcified skeleton underneath. They're very flowy. They're typically like greens and purples and you know that type of thing. But like they are what you imagine when you think of like a seascape. Yeah. The thing is, is that this is usually the beginner stage of the aquarium hobby. So if you were to go and see like a tank like that set up and I were to look at it and look at all the filtration and all of like the way that they've like run the pipes and and done like everything from top to bottom, like, you know, hardware, aquascape, uh, like the selections of the fish themselves. Like I could tell you whether or not they are meant to be compatible, whether or not they're coming from the right places in the world in order to represent an ecosystem that actually would have existed out in the wild, you know, like all, all of all of these details, but I might be able to look at it like, but these are all very beginner corals and they are therefore not demonstrating the hobby at its most extreme because they're not accomplishing like a, a skeletal based coral, which is right. much more complicated to keep alive. Right. Okay. Am I like way too in the techno babble right now? I don't think so. But basically okay. what you're, I mean, what, I, what I'm hearing is that you're able to look at a tank and decide like, Ooh, it, it can look amazing. But based on like the particular corals that you've chosen, it's clear that you haven't like up, like, um, you're not, you're not pushing the limits. Yeah, you of, haven't of, decided to push the limits yes. of the hobby Yeah, Not that you're doing a bad job and you're clearly doing a good job at what you're doing, but like, if you were like truly like if you were entering into a an, into an aquarium contest, like it would come across as this is pretty basic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so it's like this is something it's like the one area Then it's why I use it for the basis of compare basis of comparison is that it's like it's the one area where I would know enough about what I was looking at to just even at one glance at something be able to assess the challenges associated with accomplishing whatever it is that they've accomplished that we're looking at before you and whether or not there is any potential longevity or whether or not they're pushing the boundaries of like what we're attempting to do inside of these, you know, small contained saltwater ecosystems. Right. Um, and so like, to me, what's interesting is that like, it's, it's because I have so much information going into it that I'm able to take in a lot 
in one in one fell swoop. And so that's that's like my question is like who are these movie reviewers or how do they get there so that like when they go and watch a movie, they're like, okay, this is brand new technology. This is a poor execution of this thing. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you know, I know that this particular director is attempting to push the bounds of, you know, like, like you could take, um, like avatar, for example, like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's CG, CGI, but it's like, you know, on like a 12 out of 10, it's, it's as scaled up as aggressively as it can possibly go. So anybody who knows that technology and the, the amount of, um, depth they went to, 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 to execute it might look at it and be like, this is really actually something special, right? Like you don't see this anywhere else, you know, go and go and pause a, a Marvel movie in the middle of like the battle in New York. And sure. The, the, the subjects that are center frame are ex- extremely well developed and, and beautiful in all these ways. But look at that little gremlin over in the corner and, and he, he's sort of out of focus and it was a right. lot cheaper to just not fully render that that guy because it's just in the background and whatever right yeah, yeah yeah so so these are the differences where you you pause avatar and you're looking at a four escape it's like the little insect on like the back right corner could be just as you know br- right like, they spent time on that insect exactly yeah 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 um and and so that 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 because when it comes because like when you t- when you use my very narrow field of aquariums it, it's still a pretty finite amount of options that that could exist out there and and chances are if you've been in it long enough you've probably been exposed to most of the most obvious variations of exactly this thing Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to like like media there's so many topics it's like you know if you're watching like a world war ii movie it's like what are the odds that in addition to knowing everything you need to know about films, you're also such a history buff that you know that everything that they're depicting is all time specific. It's all time appropriate. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Oh, okay. Yeah. They're carrying that particular brand of, of rifle because those were the ones that were being mass produced for, you know, the, yeah. Whatever. Like how do they know it? How, how do they know all those things, you know, like, like going into it? I and, think so. There's probably a good number of things at play for sure. So like, and, you know, they're like with the with the Internet and stuff like there are, you know, so many people who are going to pump out reviews just immediately and right away um, who who definitely don't know all that stuff and are just like trying to be the first to get it out for the sake of like, you know, being the first one there like wins like yes. the views or the advertising or whatever. And then there's going to be a number of people who are just like it really doesn't even matter what the overall quality is. I will have a hot take about this almost no matter what, because that will get clicks and views and like all of that will end up like in some way, shape or form, like form some kind of like public opinion about it anyway. And then there will also like a lot of times, like um, I remember like when I got invited to go to Pixar for the good dinosaur. Yes. Like you're there. Like they are. I mean, there's like, you know, they've got 50 to 70 of the biggest news outlets in the country there, or maybe this was like website weekend, you know, and last weekend was like big media weekend. And like, they've got all the people from all of the sites that matter there in one room and like what they're going to tell them before the movie comes out. Like they're going to be pointing out like all of the, like, look, do you see this? This is what we spent a lot of time on. And this is a cool story that we think you should know about. And this is the software we developed for that. And what we're going for is like, you know, they're going to like, so they're, at they're least that's how Pixar does it right. or, or did it then was like, if there was, you know, Oh, when you see those rapid scenes, like one, 
like the good dinosaur is a great example of this because I even if you had even if you knew nothing you could watch that movie and be like this is groundbreaking visuals like I've never seen anything like it right um, are, are those real leaves yeah but it's like they they will try and like help dictate and help inform you the writers because I think they know there's no way you can know everything like everyone watching the good dinosaur doesn't know everything about dinosaurs like of course they don't but like what they can tell you about is that uh we had to develop brand new software to get these rapids to look like this, to make water look like water because we didn't like the way water looked. And that part of that meant that we took a group, you know, whitewater rafting trip with the crew and that this person fell out. And, you know, because they fell out, their GoPro fell in the water and that GoPro captured water in a way no one could have ever predicted. And when we looked at it on film, we're like, that gave us an idea. And it's like, you know, like all of a sudden they've got like a cool narrative around how the water looks like water. Yes. And it's like, and then when you're writing about it, you're like, man, the water really looks like water. Yeah. You know, so like, I think for a lot of like, especially like big budget sort of things like that, that part of the marketing and part of the PR will be bringing the news sources to you to tell them all of the cool things you did in your movie. Sure. But that being said, that's still not going to hit everybody. And in the meantime, like there's going to be some people who are just like, they're watching so many movies in like a way like um, we used to have a guy who worked here who the way he watched movies, it seemed like it was like through like a, like a hobby lens. It wasn't like, Oh, I want to go be entertained by this movie. It was like, I want to go see how they made this movie kind of thing. And like how they accomplished this. And like, I'm sure there's a certain number of people who are like watching movies like that and who are really appreciating like that. But like, that's also not who the reviews are going to be for. The reviews are going to be for like the, like, you know, the, the audience, the, the mass audiences. Yeah. The top of the bell curve, the top of the bell curve. So Yeah. yeah, you're not, those aren't the people you're necessarily like trying to impress with your, review per se like you just want to impress like those people so or you want to impress like everyone with what you're saying um and try and then then it's like what is also even the point of doing the review like is it to give like a genuine critical analysis of the film and break down what everything means is it to try and encourage people to spend their money or not spend their on to help them just make an informed decision right 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 you know. yeah i mean and, and that's the thing too is that it's like you know the when in it, it's it's not that I, i'd be here to say that i don't <laughs> think like you know movie reviews are, are are worth it or anything like that because i mean i think that they generate discourse and discourse is usually one of my favorite things to have about any topic I whatsoever think, yeah. i feel like when we, so like i'm like so like when we do it like you know like you said we're not we're not necessarily crazy cinema film buffs who can tell you about how like it was clear by the way they lit this film that they were drawing inspiration from the like noir section of um you know film and right, right, they're right, trying right, yeah. to create uh, paint this character as a femme fatale and this is always the tell and whatever you know right, right whatever right, yes i took an intro to film classes <laughs> these are some of the things i took away you know? these, these were words <laughs> well, uh, these were words right right everyone remembers noir um <laughs> so but like i feel like when we're doing it like the point is like to like determine like was it a fun movie to go see did it or like you know if we saw like an mcu movie it's like like how well did it fit in to the rest of the stuff like did it contribute to the greater narrative in a way that was like fun and meaningful or were there problems that you had with it that sort of stuck out or like here's what i noticed that i like or here's what i didn't notice and it's sort of like like what what are the things that like will help other people talk about it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and 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 that's that's completely fair i mean yeah because that's that's 
well, it's our, it's, that is our approach. I mean, that's, that right. is the, that is the intent. That is the objective. That is like whatever, um, you know, but it's, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know what got me on this today, but I spent a whole bunch of time thinking about it. And then as I was writing notes, like to prepare for this episode, I was like, man, I have like a lot to say about this particular thing because <laughs> there's, there's like a piece of me that what I really, really, really want is to go and sit next to one of these film reviewers as they're watching the movie and and literally just saying out loud like okay so here's the issue like th- this this scene between these two people like i'm watching all of it all at once so these two people are talking on a plane they're going back and forth they're talking about whatever if you watch this guy's drink is constantly full and then down full and the down full and the down so like in the edit room i am being made aware as the guy i'm sitting in my seat that they took this take 50 times right. because they his his drink was at a different volume each time right and and he because not only am i listening to everything they're saying i'm also watching the drinks i'm also watching the set pieces i'm also watching Mm -hmm. like you know what what makes the most sense would would his would he still have his his you know shirt buttoned all the way up to the top or would it be more likely that he would have like let a button down upon entering the plane to be more comfortable you know like right does does it like i don't know what types of things they're looking for and how sophisticated they are and how prepared they are to look at all the details all at once. Well, I doubt they're looking for like minor continuity details between the editing room floor, unless there's something like glaringly obvious, like, you know, the, the Starbucks cup in game of Thrones or something. Sure. 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 Yeah. Where it's like, what are you doing? Like, come on. Um, but like, I think I, I would almost bet. So there are some really, good like director breakdowns about um the knives out movies by yeah, ryan johnson those are good on, what is the, what is the channel it's on um i can't remember okay but if we I mean, if we think if, if we, we find we'll, it we'll, we'll link find it, it and yeah. link it yeah but they are fantastic and it's like he'll walk you through like a particular scene and kind of point out like all the things all the decisions he was making as a director to help like the the way the like the the way like uh, one of the scenes he's talking about is in Glass Onion, uh, where all the cast is sort of arriving, and it's like he's like, I wanted to think of this as like a stage show. Like as each character arrives, they get to stand center stage and like introduce themselves to the audience. And so like he's pointing out how like so they're all sort of standing here, and then this person will arrive, and the way they're dressed, and the way that they walk, and the way they arrive to the center of the stage meant these things. And then in the next scene, they're kind of back here, and where they're standing kind of matters. And it's like I would almost bet that if you're doing the review, it's sort of like what you're trying to get is the director's intent, like whether or not the drink was going up or down or something. That's clearly not their intent. That's just a mistake. Yes. But like, right. yeah, that's did, like if you just like let the movie happen to you and you are like, like, did they successfully get you to see what they wanted to see as the end product. Like, did they do a good job communicating what the story was and hiding the particular elements of it and like using the movie making process and the way in which movies are filmed to better communicate the story than if you just like read it or something like what did they do? like inside of the lens that helped you understand the movie or communicate the plot to you in a way that, yeah, just like just reading it would not have otherwise done. And and that's the question though. So, cause I think your, your example from glass onion is perfect because I've, I, I know the exact scene that you're talking about where everybody's like arriving and like, it's, it's clearly taking place like while the pandemic is happening. So like everybody sort of has like a, a slightly different like face mask, like a face covering that they're yeah. using where they're all highly representative of each of the characters, even though if you're, 
you're just watching it in in real time and real speed, it may not occur to you. There's there's one example of somebody who's just like literally wearing like a like a piece of mesh over their face. Um, where right, it's like, it's like just fashion is like clearly that's not protecting you or anyone from anything. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so I I think that there's like there's certain things you can pick up in real time, but the the curiosity that I would have is whether or not the rest of everything else that Ryan Johnson might explain he's doing inside of this scene. And if you want to imagine what this video series, it's like it's almost like watching like a football recap where there's like all the circles and X's drawn yeah. on the board. It, he's he's kind of doing that and being like, okay, see now when you look, you look at the framing, like look where they are. I can draw the the, the grid there, like their faces, like in the middle grid, right? <laughs> you know, of, of the nine. It's like I watch those things and I'm like, it. it it like blows my mind because it's like there's so much more happening inside of like every second of this movie than like you even realize. Yeah, every but every single thing's intent. Like, yeah, it has yeah. it has purpose. It has purpose, and like it's like it's the I think though like I doubt anyone's watching that and they're like I see what they did. But like I doubt people even like great film reviewers are watching that and being yes, like that's the I question. understand. Can you appreciate exact it in real staging? Time. Yeah, like in real time, maybe not. Like in review, I possibly like the staging in this scene was unbelievable oh and, and it really communicated this home and stuff like that but um well and th- that th- yes because that makes sense to me completely yeah. this that's a lot more like what i would i would relate that more to how we've read name of the wind where it's like you know the first time i read through it i didn't pick up on all these like little details that i did on the second time and then on my like you know 15th pass through i'm picking up still yet new details every single time. And but, I'm starting okay, to like, so let me more. ask you this then. After you read it the first time, did you feel like, wow, I just read something great though? Well, that's what I said. I mean, because you did read it a second time. That's that's the thing. It's like I would say my least favorite read ever was the first time. And yet it also still sparked me to read it again mm-hmm. immediately. Right. And it could be your least favorite and still have been great. Yes, it, it absolutely could yeah. be. Um, and and so that's that and and maybe that's maybe that's fair maybe that's like where like a like a huge part of what what these film reviewers come to learn and, and realize is that like they've seen so many different things like maybe you look at a movie like never back down and you're just like this is just all classic tropes nothing about the storytelling is unique nothing about it is profound none of the performances are all of that good and so it's like at the end of the day it's like yes you can watch this movie and watch this kid move to a new town and stand up for his little brother and get really good at fighting and beat the bad guy like you know which by the way spoilers that's everything about the plot of the movie um and it's like there's there's they didn't accomplish anything new. Maybe that goes back to my saltwater aquarium example right. where it's like the film reviewer knows it's like, yes, it looks fine on the surface. You, you can watch a complete story. It's not, it's not like you're going to get to the end of it and not know who won or you're not going to get to the end of it and be like, like lost or confused or anything like that. You you'll know. I mean, right. it, it, it's all played out for you. Like right. in such a way that's yeah, but it's like, yeah. And it's like a question of do, when, when someone's like reviewing that, are they like, you know, make it, are they judging it in the same way you'd be judging? Like, like Forrest Gump or like Shawshank Redemption or something. It's like, like obviously, you know, because if you are, then yeah, it sucks, you know, <laughs> like, sure, sure. it's not great. Right, know? right. Um, but like at the, on the other hand, though, it's like, does the movie accomplish what it's trying to do, which is like entertain you for 90 minutes and it's like corny, predictable way. It's like, I think it does a great job at doing that. Right. You know, right. and and maybe that's like one of those two where it's like it's I think that there's a there's a part of me that has like a deep appreciation for exactly what we've described, which is which is the Ryan Johnson approach of every single second of every single movie he pro- like like produces has 
meaning and reason and thought yeah. and consideration. And I, I somehow like, doubt that if you got that, I don't, I don't know who the director of never back down was, <laughs> but I somehow doubt that he could like walk you through in the same sort of like now when I was crafting this particular stage, I really wanted to have this guy be the focus and that's why he's particularly right here. But what you might not realize is that like I've got a bunch of other things happening over here and these things are communicating this to the audience at the same time. And, you know, like I, I somehow doubt that's the case as well yes yes okay well this has been a good thought experiment for me because i I actually do think that there's there's there is some stuff that kind of clicks into gear even using my own examples as as we've like meandered through yeah the the muck right um well but also if you guys haven't seen knives out or glass onion like absolutely go watch them yeah, they really are good. so they're, good it's super fun that's that's like a series that i'm i'm like desperate for more of i all, know all together because it's like it feels like the type of thing where you could start to build up your own and and again it's like not that we'd ever be qualified to like really like make proper remarks on like the film producing aspect of it but it, it seems like there's so much intention and like the potential for like continuity to occur that the the knives out universe could have its own lore attached to it and like you know like like building blocks and precedents and like you know we never we never we never break this rule unless we do and then if we do we do it for this reason you know type of thing Um, it would be super interesting because like like the two movies are not like sequentially connected other than that it's the same detective like there's no other recurring characters from the first movie to the second one um but like then as a result of the events of the second one, it feels like it would affect the entire world moving forward (laughs) in a certain way that like would kind of feel unavoidable. Like, like maybe you would need it. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's just like, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, moving on that happened to that guy. So whatever. Right. Right. Um, It feels much more likely that there'd be like, like a newspaper headline. Like it does seem like like that. Yeah. Billionaires glass onion on private Island explodes. Right. Whatever, you know, like some, some type of just like, like it's like, oh yeah, you can see like a little nod to, you know, there's that. There's that. It's it's over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Go and check it out. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's that. That's it. That's movie reviews in a nutshell for me. Like, I think it's something Do you that, read a lot of movie reviews. Do you even like, I don't, I don't know you to even be one who like engages in this particular medium that much. I, I, I it, it, I don't read a, a lot of, 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 it's, it's, it's so yes and no. Like, I feel like it's such a complicated answer because I think there's a huge part of me at all times that like has this overarching, obsession with like the zeitgeist that we exist in Mm -hmm. like the the overall mood tone collective like values thoughts opinions about all media that's coming out all at once like Mm -hmm. what is it doing well what is it not doing well like in what areas did it achieve praise and in what areas did it receive criticism and you know, if we were to look at things from 10 years ago, like, do we still agree with the praise and, and criticism we gave it then? Or have we discovered that some of the things we thought it did well were not as like impressive as we thought they were? And some of the things that we were criticizing, like actually kind of make sense now that we have like more contextual lens for it. Like, you know, it's I, I think it's really interesting to me to watch um, media go out into the world, be received by people, have opinions and, and sort of like collective beliefs about it be formed. And then how those hold up 
over time. Um, and, and I think it's probably like in part because of what we do here at super Carlin brothers and, in sort of like our relationship, like on some level from like a very, um, you know, like our, our own like little corner of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, there's, I, I think one of the things that's, that's never stopped fascinating me is like the star Wars prequels and like, like my own relationship with being excited that there was just going to simply be more star Wars and then discovering sort of as time went on that these were sort of like dragged through the mud a little bit and not like overall, like highly ranked. And then sort of like this almost like resurgence that happened, like way down the line where all of a sudden they've like become beloved, like right, way like after everyone the likes them all of a sudden. But because, then like all the new stuff is people are like, it's too much. It's too much to watch right now. I can't keep up with it all. It's not as good. Well, but yeah, so then, yeah but so then the question in my mind is that like whenever something comes out or like whenever there is criticism of something or, or take game of Thrones, you know, it seems like it seems like, you know, game of Thrones was the thing that had all eyes on it all at once. And it was like this big thing. And then it's sort of like, ended in the way that it ended which sort of like universally has been received as sort of like like you know like a like a collective like well no that was that was sort of like a trip at the finish line type thing but then it's like is there a world where we get 30 years down the line and we're like oh okay i sort of see what they're going for all of a sudden but now that my expectations weren't what they were when they were coming out like now i sort of like it like you know like is there a chance that that ends up happening right somewhere down the line um or or even like the sequel series to star wars you know i feel like there's i mean it, i don't know if there's anything more debated uh like within the world of star wars as to like which one's the best or like which which one we all hate <laughs> oh, or yeah. you know like whatever um but that's another one where it's like you know i i never in a million years could i have predicted a world where people came around on the prequels and then they did right and then you know it's like is there a world where we get we get 20 years down the line with the sequel series and all of a sudden it, it, it's re-celebrated it, all it over it seems like, like what happens is like because we have like critic reviews of stuff that tell you whether or not something is like critically good or bad it like informs almost like like the the quote unquote, how you're supposed to think about it. Yeah. When like at the end of the day, it's just like, you can just like whatever you like. And that's that. And it's like some, Times people seem to have like an issue. It's like, oh no, I yeah, I, I love the Last Jedi. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. To be like, no, it's bad for these reasons. People who are critics said it's bad, and it's like, but I liked it, so whatever. Yeah, right, you right. Know, or vice versa. I've seen both sides of that argument a million times, and it's one of my least favorite conversations to have these days. No, and, and, yeah, and I but. agree, but like that, and that's that's where it's like I I, I want to know like, or and not even that I want to know because it's not going to need to get to the finish line immediately. I am just curious to see as time goes on what happens yeah you know it's like like i I just want to know like like you know when it changes why does it change like is it is it like the way because you know if you were to go to the star wars prequels like sometimes i think the plot line was almost like over the heads and i can't say this for the entire viewing audience it was over my head as like a nine ten year old watching this movie and attempting to take in like the this idea yeah, of like the trade a, federation and the yeah right right like how how all these like governments were merging together and who represented what and like whatever i was like lightsabers and pod racing yeah. and you I'm know like yeah lightsaber that guy's got a double-bladed lightsaber and it's got spiky head he looks so evil man that was crazy i know yeah i love yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um so it's like you know it, it, again as you progress forward it's like okay now i actually understand what they were going for and so now like i can i can put the pieces together more and i can understand how that influenced the plot of the original four five six installments and you know and and then you know like when they picked up seven eight nine it's like oh okay like you know this this all hails back to then and 
I don't know, whatever. Um, so that's, that is the thing that I think interests me the most. I, I think it's the way that like people respond to things and it, it's, it's sort of like witnessing their own reaction. So for me, what it's really come down to like, like in our big process for our own movie reviews is that it's like the, what I, what I've attempted to make the most important is what my own movie theater experience was like, Yeah, you know? And so it's like when I'm sitting in the chair, am I just having fun? Am I thinking about the fact that I need to like run to the restroom? Am I thinking about like being hungry or like this, this work thing that happened today? Like, or am I fully immersed in yeah. the story? Did it get you? Did it get you? Yeah. Or, or was there because like, a, like I, th- I, that's, I feel like that's a really good barometer. Like for, I mean, I use the same barometer cause we do the same kind of reviews or whatever. Right. But like it's, that that to me like is more or less it's like if if you're just like fully invested like really engaged in it it's like i might not be able to know all the intangible things the director did but whatever they were doing was working yes because like you got me engaged like or maybe there were a bunch of plot holes who cares i was re- i really wanted to know what was going to happen i didn't see that coming and like oh my god when that happened <gasps> you know yes yeah and so it's like but th- but these end up being moments that do mark my own like movie going experiences to where like i can go back to some of like my top favorite like sitting in the chair watching the movie unfold moments and just being like i was in it you know yeah um yeah. i mean and you know i would say i bet i wonder if i can list how many of them i could list off the top of my head emperor's new groove i remember the moment that david spade uh playing um Cusco. Cusco pops in and does the marker thing yeah. over Pacha like with the red marker and he's like the story is about, about me, me. Not, not him, him. and he like yeah. and then he like leaves the frame and he's like okay and then he comes back and scribbles it out yeah. like even more okay so it's like i remember that moment mom our uh, grandparents on our mom's side, they were, I think they were running a marathon or something. They took us to the movie theater, to see Emperor's New Groove. I remember that one. I remember seeing Never Back Down in theaters yeah. and the soundtrack probably is what's really getting me in case you want to watch it and like, like get that sense. It's like the soundtrack is just really good. There's like lots of fun songs that were like in Never Back Down. Yeah. Yeah. There were like songs that I was like listening to in my car every single day and I was just like, yeah, this is so cool. It's like, also, also true of Tokyo Drift, which Ben compared this movie to earlier. The soundtrack for Tokyo Drift is the best fast and the furious soundtrack it's so good it's so good moving on so much fun uh force awakens bite me yes yeah uh force awakens was exactly like this where i was like oh my gosh star wars is back this is unbelievable like the you were you were absolutely people ask me like what's my favorite star wars movie and it is the force awakens and it's like people like it's just copying a new hope and i'm like i yeah effectively effectively <laughs> like, let me ask you what's wrong with a new hope nothing right it's awesome okay <laughs> and you know what i had 20 years of memories of that movie and then there was a giant gap of time where there was no new star wars and then i got to go back in the movies and they just hit me with the nostalgia and with the new at the same time and it was full and people were cheering and like when ray pulled the lightsaber like i still get che- like no it's my favorite one and like uh, that because because seeing it in the theater was was like such an experience. Yes, exactly. And, like, and it couldn't have been such an experience without the without everything that came before it. But they used that to their advantage, and I loved it. And yes. I, I'm sorry, it's my favorite one, and that's just it. No, I I, yeah. I, I understand completely. But th- and that's that's part of my point. Is exactly. That, like, I remember that day. Uh, have I said the prestige out loud yet? Oh, dude. Yeah, I was at I was at Radford, and uh, when I saw that for the first time, it was like they were just showing it on campus, and me and Beth went to go see it, and. <laughs> we left and we were like what just happened yes yes it's insane it's like one of those movies that like it builds it like it it's it's so like when like when they when they do the the reveal and it's a it's a movie about magic and when they do the reveal and you realize like what happened it is just like oh 
but that, even what? that that's a great movie for this conversation because it's a movie about magic but the the magic in, but it's also a movie about filmmaking oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah <laughs> no it's yes but it's but it's amazing and it's great yeah. and and it's like i was completely enthralled and that was a movie that i remember friends asking me to go see it and i was like i have no idea what this is but if it's what the, the crew is doing tonight then count me in and then i remember like walking out of the theater and be like what like i'm what? so glad i came out tonight uh and then probably my last one that i can that immediately comes to mind is oceans 11 which i oh. actually didn't see in theaters um, i saw yeah, it on our, our living room couch mm-hmm. and i i was like I refused to, I think we watched, or I watched it at like four o'clock in the afternoon on like a summer day or something. And I refused to get up from the couch to do anything because I did not want to miss a second. I just wanted to see the whole thing unfold. And so those, those would be like the movies that like you could go through and yeah. you could just imagine like little Ben just like well, enjoying. This, okay. So just to bring it full circle then a bunch of these all have the same thing in common, which is, which is what the movie, the prestige is like on a meta level about okay which is that like good movies are pulling a magic act on you oh sure and yeah that they're luring you in and then at the end like you were looking over here boom prestige the prestige is the act of getting you the is like the get with the audience as yes. much as like in a magic trick and in making a movie and in a bunch of the ones you just listed like they're pulling off the prestige part of the magic trick amazingly another one is that um yeah, for me, uh, two more um, for me are uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah, which yep. is I mean, that is already basically considered the best movie ever by a lot of people anyway. Yeah, and sh- you know what? It's right at the top of my list. I love it. Uh, yes, and and I would put Shawshank up higher, except I, I think when I watched it, it's like like I have subsequently watched it and enjoyed the heck out of it. But my first ever watch of it, I was so young that yeah. there were aspects of that movie that just scared oh, ab- me to well, death. Yeah, yeah, yes, there are parts of it that when you watch it, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have seen this as a kid. Yeah. And parts of it that as a kid, like I just didn't even get. Yeah, um, that's but fair. like, but yeah. I understood the thing at the end, which you got. If you haven't seen Shawshank, go see that too. Yep. Um, God, the other one I was gonna say is um, Fight Club, which also has a good prestige oh, moment yes. in it as well. Yeah, which yeah. So anyway, those are um, just some great movies. Yeah, that would be that would be like the homework. Yeah, and and uh, I, I'm glad you included Fight Club as well because I remember I watched that for the first time my sophomore year of high school before our district cross country meet, and that was another one that I like left Fight Club being so pumped up. I ran that afternoon and ran a PR. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> and it was just like boom. This was incredible. Um, you just so, like fighting movies, man. I know. Yeah. I know. People I don't are, know why. People are trading blows. You know. I, I, and, you you know, it's it's really like so I watched all when I flew to and from Vegas for the music festival last year, I watched all of the Creed movies one, two and three um, back to back to back on like the the back of the seat movie theater thing. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, Creed is just like the modern day Rocky movies. Yeah, right there. Yeah. I, I it's cried. The same universe. Right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 He's even in it. Rocky's like the right, coach yeah. in the first one. Um, but like, yeah, I, I cried in like all of them and they're all the most predictable things ever. Like it's it's not hard to predict how these movies are going to outcome. What, and what's crazy about that though what this is the brilliance well there's so many things that are very good about rocky but like what what makes it unpredictable is that in the very first rocky he doesn't win ah you know yes, yeah, it's like he does Man. not win like it's amazing that he makes it to the end of the 10 rounds and like he still loses and it's still like this amazing accomplishment he's done but he didn't win and that made you wonder at the end of every single rocky movie like well, it's possible well, they will it's happened it, before they will let him not win They'll let him lose yeah, you know it yeah. could happen it could happen it could happen yeah yeah adrian yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I had to explain. You know, I can't even say that. Never mind. Yep, I'm going to skip go. past that one because I don't want to spoil other things. I but. know exactly what you're going to say. Yep. Yeah, that's all right. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, but y'all, I, yeah. So I think this. I mean, it it's hilarious what it what it descended into. But I also don't know. Like people ask you that question, like, "What's your favorite movie?" It's like I probably just listed every single one of the ones I just listed is probably in my top ten. Right. Um, but I love that. Like some of them are never back down, and some of them are Shawshank Redemption. I know. You know? I know. Yeah. It's like it's like one of them is truly awful. Love it anyway. Yeah. Like you yeah. know. Yeah. One one of them is yes. One of like the top five movies agreed upon by everyone. The other one is below thirty percent on both sides and Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's like c- critics and audiences agree. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. <laughs> but I like it. But I like it. The music is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Some red jumpsuit apparatus in there. Woo. Anyway, y'all, be sure to let us know what is your favorite theater experience yeah. movie because I bet I bet anybody who who knows exactly what we're talking about knows like they can go to their moments. You know, it's like oh. I remember sitting in that chair watching this thing and being like, what? You know, and, and maybe you don't even say what. Maybe you laughed or maybe you cried or maybe you did something else. Who knows? Right. But like, also, let me know. I want to know if your favorite Star Wars movie is The Force Awakens. Let me know. Let me know. Okay. As a standalone movie, you know, just let it's me my, know. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh, I know. I yeah. know it's oh, yours. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're aligned on this front. We're aligned. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, it doesn't matter what happened in the next two. Okay. Right. That doesn't matter. What was the, your experience watching that movie? Right. Is what I'm asking. Did you see that? Did you? I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good it's so good yeah, the first one really is uh it's uh, i just like and like like uh the reverse like we'll take that one that ship's a piece of junk <laughs> it's the falcon you're like yeah. ah! <laughs> no way no way and it's like uh, the joke will, yeah, the, the joke is fine. The joke the, is fine. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, oh, uh, I know. love so many things about that movie. Maybe just. maybe we should just do like a re-review of The Force Awakens. And we then, and, should and do just, a re-review. Just, yeah, it seems maybe like that'll it. be like a bonus Patreon thing. Like you can just get our 2024 review of The Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> just Jay and Ben totally geeking out. Yeah. All right, there you go. Anyway, any feedback you got, you can send it over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to check out that Patreon that Jay just mentioned, we do have uh, an amazing extra segment at the end of each week which is the show after the show no not the show after the show goodness gracious after the after final, the final pop, pop ben you, you'd th- like the bachelor like yes yes so like after the final rose after the yeah like oh yeah that's what we named that <laughs> after this is one of those things where it's like we have left the source material f- so, so far, far behind, behind yeah that like i'm like no we didn't take that f- oh we did. we did that was a thing <laughs> that was a thing wow that's really funny anyway yeah after the final pop it's just an extra 10 15 20 minutes of jay and i talking i'll give um, you guys some hidden lore is that before we launched this our first official launched podcast we had four secret episodes of a different podcast we were like beta testing back at the time called rose bros which was going to be a week by week bachelor recap before before there was like a bazillion of them. i know i know we were like ahead of the curb yeah we were we were ahead of the curb but ultimately obviously we didn't do that and now we have this which i think is better uh, yeah so i oh. think we, we but you know what those exist they are out there they are on the main super carlin brothers patreon oh my god <laughs> Yeah. Goodness, yeah, we'll have to. Yeah, maybe bit. we should re-release those. Oh man, I bet they have <laughs> right. aged horribly. Like, oh my, um, maybe we should aged like milk. <laughs> maybe we should. Yeah. All right. People are like, end the Everyone's show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com/slash popcorn culture. Until next time. Bop bop. <laughs>
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.